Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, we're going to Milwaukee's east side this week on Urban Spelunking. And Bobby, this is kind of relevant for both of us. We're both UWM alums. And uh, for me, I pass this building every day on my way to school. And I always kind of wondered what goes on in there. And when I'm an alum, am I going to get invited to go inside? Well, I've never been inside, but we're talking about the UWM Alumni House. And the biggest update right now is that it's for sale. Do we do we own a piece of that as alumni? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> What's How our did share? you get the invite? You got to go in there. I didn't get to go in there. Well, I saw it was for sale and I emailed a contact at UWM who connected me to the right person and said... Uh, he wants to see inside. And by the way, he's an, he's an alum, so make it happen. And I actually got in there the next day, the same day. Wow, okay. You got that Bobby Tanzillo cred. Uh, yeah. So what, is it, uh, what does it look like inside, and what was it used for most recently? Um, it, it Well, first I got to tell you, it's nearly 26,000 square feet. Wow. 14, <laughs> wow, okay. 14 bedrooms. Um, so you get a sense of just the scale. So inside, we could talk about outside later, but inside, um, they, the good thing about all those bedrooms was that it's perfectly suited to offices because each basically each former bedroom is an office for a, a faculty member or some sort of staff member. Um, so there seems to be a bunch of people from different departments in there. Um, but what's also in there is the uh, Innovative Weather Center. From our friends at WEWM, I've always wondered where that Innovative Weather Center is. Now we know. Yeah, and I went in there, and the only person that was actually in there at the time when I took the tour was whoever was working in the Innovative Weather Center office, um, which is right off one of the two kitchens. Um, So, so upstairs, the the very top floor was servants' quarters, but again, smallish rooms that are used as uh, basically offices. Um, And then the second floor was all the, the family and guest bedrooms. Then the main floor is a like a huge dining room, a huge what would have been living room, which are used as sort of meeting spaces, conference okay. spaces, things like that. Uh, there's storage in the basement, and there's also like a a tunnel and part of a system that the university uses to take cold water from the lake and pump it to the campus to help cool the buildings. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So if you go down the steps at the at the house, there's a pumping station down at the at the lakefront, and that's that part of the property is not going to change. Like if you buy this place, uh, you have to agree to leave that there because that's or you have to replace the system somehow, right? I mean that's that's how they cool the campus, um, so that's not going anywhere. There's a lot more going on at the UWM Alumni House than I thought. Yes, and it's for sale right now, and it's part of this um, campus wide effort to close a fiscal deficit caused by COVID nineteen. Um, you said in the story that it's uh, several several million, dozens of millions of dollars, right? What's the exact figure for the deficit this year? Between 25 and $54 million. And this is for sale? It's listed for how much? It's not listed because they're doing the RFP. It's You basically just have to present a proposal and they are also willing to lease it. So it is possible oh, that it won't okay. be sold, but that it would be leased. Um, but the city assessment on the property is, is $1.93 million, which seems woefully undervalued if you just think about the fact that it's four acres of land on the lakefront. Wow, four acres. Yeah, on the lakefront, on the east side of Milwaukee, like in the heart of the east side of Milwaukee. Like this can't be another property like that anywhere. Plus, you've got this twenty-six thousand 
square foot Tudor revival house that's just gorgeous. Um, so I would think that if if people were making realistic offers to buy it, I would think the offer would be considerably higher than that. So things are in this RFP stage right now. I guess what's what's going to happen next? The request for proposals closed on August 5th. So uh, then they would take, um, presumably there's a, a committee that will look at the different RFPs and then make a decision based on that. Um, but those are not... Those do become public once the once a deal happens, but they're not public until then. Well, we're going to keep an eye on the UWM Alumni Houses. Uh, perhaps a new plan is announced for that in the coming months. But this place is a mansion after all, and we're going to talk about the family that built it way back then. That's coming up next on Urban Spelunking. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart. And we're back on Milwaukee's east side at the former UWM Alumni House. Uh, I guess it's still the Alumni House until it becomes something else, which we talked about in the first half. But we're going to go way back to uh, the very beginning here, to the 1920s when it was built for a staggering, what would be 4.5 or $4.6 million in 2020 dollars. So this was a, a lavish project from the beginning. Well, and they thought, I think the plan was that it was going to cost $85,000 and it ended up costing $300,000 to build. And it took three years to do it. Wow. <laughs> so I think it didn't go exactly according to plan. Um, but when you look at it, you can see why it costs so much money and why it took so long. It's, it's beautiful. The guy that built it was a businessman named Myron McLaren. Um, and he had just gotten married to his second wife, who was herself um, in the process of getting divorced from her previous husband when she became widowed. So they were each on their second marriage. And the reason I say this is because uh, after they built the house, they got divorced. And then he moved to the Hotel Astor, and she stayed in the house with her new husband, which must have been galling to Mr. McLaren <laughs> to have spent all this money and time building this house and have her uh, have his wife and her new husband living in it. But, I was going to um, say, this sounds like something uh, like something may not have gone as smoothly in the yeah. in the construction phase, huh? But it's interesting because then um, then I think she gets divorced again. And you'll forgive me if I don't have this exactly right, because you'll see why. Um, so then she gets divorced again and gets remarried again. And he also gets remarried again. But then her his third wife died, and she got divorced from her fourth husband. And then she and Myron got married again. Oh, okay. And so then he moves back into the house. <laughs> I love hearing these like these uh, these these like marriage drama stories from the nineteen twenties because people are still dealing with this kind of stuff today. But anyway, um, they definitely had good taste. I'll give you that because outside it's just all this like beautiful Latin stone um, and like half timbering and gothic arches and there's all kinds of decorative stone carvings featuring different animals. There's one with some kind of birds and there's one with owls and there's one with uh, deer. Uh, there's a porcupine, uh, squirrels. There's all kinds of uh, animals on the outside. Wow, um, okay. And then on Go the inside, the 
Yeah, exactly. And then on the inside, oh, and all, on the top, it's got like five different chimneys. They're all really handsome. Um, and then inside, again, just beautiful. You know, you could tell they spared no expense. That's why their $85,000 mansion became a $300,000 mansion. Um, but the result of that is that, thankfully, UWM didn't seem to have changed a whole lot. I should say that actually when she sold the place in 1949, she sold it to the um, the teacher's college, which is where UWM is now. Um, and they used it as a dorm for okay. uh, for women students. Um, Sweet dorm. Yeah. And then by, and again, the same way I said earlier that it was perfectly suited to offices, it was perfectly suited to dorms too, because each of those bedrooms could just be a separate room, you know? So then in 1964, when it became, um, when it was already UWM, uh, it became conference and office space and nobody has lived there since then. So four acres of land, you think about a lakefront property, uh, how rare is that to have four acres on Milwaukee's lakefront? Well, and the thing too, is that while a bunch of it is on the sort of, uh, cliff side down the bluff side down to the lake, um, a ton of it is not like when you're at the house, if you um, put your back to the front door and look West, you see the sunken garden where there used to be like a sunken garden with a pool in the middle. And you can still see the outline of where the pool was. Um, and then if you walk across that huge space, which that alone has to be at least an acre, um, you come to this old uh, double stone staircase that they built. Um, and when you get up to the top of that, there's another, big open space that's got to be a quarter of an acre, a third of an acre itself. So, I mean, there's a ton of usable space that, you know, that you could reinstall gardens or whatever you wanted to do with it. Um, I mean, it's just like the kind of, it's literally like an estate-sized place in the heart of the east side, literally across the street from Lake Park. Well, of course, as always, some really amazing pictures. You talk about 14 bedrooms and five chimneys, you know that this place... Can I just say I did not photograph all 14 bedrooms? <laughs> I, I imagine that would be a challenge. <laughs> but talk about just a stunning Victorian mansion on Milwaukee's east side that just might be getting some new life thanks to this RFP process, which uh, we'll be sure to follow here on Urban Spelunking. Podcasts in 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from On Milwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you find your podcasts, or you can go to radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts. And podcasts here on 88.9 come out every week. We've got one about film, one about food, one about music, and, of course, this one about Milwaukee history. It's On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzello. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Nate.